Hey, before we dive in, want to let you know that this is part two of last week's session. So last week I defined mental clarity and stress the importance of why we need to have it. This week, I'm going to give you 10 ways that I use and that you could use in your everyday practice to help you gain it. I also included some really cool resources, one being a time tracker that I have been using, something you can print off and use in your everyday practice to make sure that you use your time wisely, which is going to definitely impact your mental clarity. So if you want to check that out, go ahead to the show notes, hit the link, download it, and you'll also get a little quick video to show you how I use it. As always, be sure to check out the show notes. I have other resources for you. And with that, let's get started. Hello and welcome. I'm Regina, your host and mindset coach. This is the Moms Who Achieve podcast, where we discuss motherhood, mindset, money, and everything in between to equip first-generation changemakers with the tools they need to create the lives they want and deserve by managing their minds and taking massive action. I am super ecstatic that you're here, and I'm hopeful that with an open mind, you'll leave with exactly what you came for. Let's go. So I thought that I would leave the 10 things that I am doing right now to increase mental clarity for myself. And hopefully it can encourage you to create your own, maybe follow some of mine or let me know of things you're doing that I haven't mentioned because your girl needs some help. (laughs) Like I need all the help I can get on keeping my mind clear, keeping my goals right in the center, showing up as my higher self so that I can be that person. And I'm sure that's also the same goals you have. So here are the top 10 things that I am trying to keep forefront of my mind as I move throughout the day. Um, I don't necessarily practice each one each day and some of them I can practice in the same moment. I really try to simplify things. I'm pressed for time most of the time. So I don't have hours a day to do these things as well as show up in other areas. Um, so some sometimes I only do a few of these a day, but I just try to be mindful. Also, these are not in any particular order of importance. All right, so here we are. One, I check in with my body. How am I feeling? Especially when I start to feel anger or frustration creep up. As an example, last night, my 12-year-old and I were conversing I think I may have asked her to do something and she responded back with something that caused my body. I allowed it to cause my body to change. And I tried to be mindful of that feeling because one of the things I struggle with in parenting, especially my older two, is a lashing out when I'm upset, you know, yelling or getting very um, aggressive in my tone. I've noticed that before any of that happens, my body always tells me that it's coming. When that happened and I felt the shift in my body, I stopped talking and I just kind of got in tune with my body. Where am I feeling this? What am I feeling? What would I call it? And reminding myself, my inner child, that I am safe. Everything's okay. And this really has helped me. It sounds crazy, but it's helped me to bring me back to center, to bring me back to the current moment moment of me as an adult woman with a tween child in the moment of what I'm talking about and that everything is okay, that I'm the only adult in the situation 
And again, everything is okay. (laughs) So be mindful of how your body is feeling. Even in moments where it's feeling really good and you just feel invigorated and energized, know what that feels like. Be in tune with your body. We are not taught to listen to our body, to feel our body. Most of everything we do is outside of our body. We use our words. We communicate with other people. I mean, even sex can sometimes be outside of your body. You're not even present, not even feeling everything there because we are just very external for some reason. No one talks about how does your body feel when you're mad, when you're sad, when you're frustrated, when you're hurt. So because of that, I check in with my body often. I try to, even when I'm just sitting, like, how do I feel? What does this feel like? And sometimes words can't really express it, but that's not important. It's how am I aware of how I am feeling right now? I pay attention to what triggers me or I'm aware of it and when I'm most vulnerable. So for instance, around three or four each day, for whatever reason, I get really tired. I'm with my little ones all day. Uh, My 12-year-old has decided to be in school, so she will get home around that time, and I have all this like, okay, I'm going to do all this, and when she gets home, we're going to hang, and it's like, no, when she gets home, I want to sleep. By that time, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I'm done for the day, and I'm very high energized in the morning, and as the day progresses, I get less of that, so knowing that about myself, when I am able to take a quick nap midday, I do it. So I can show up, you know, a little better, a little more high vibe than if I had not gotten any sleep. I try to be mindful of that when my twin gets home because I'm super sensitive. I'm tired. I'm irritated. Try to be mindful. Try to just not be doing many things at once so that I can be present for her. Triggers I have getting cut off. If I'm talking and one of my kids cuts me off, ooh, that's a trigger. So taking a deep breath in that moment, I'm still going to address it. You know, hey, you cut me off. Please don't do that. But being aware of that trigger so that when it happens, I can hopefully stop myself from lashing out and just communicating in a healthy manner how I'm feeling versus meeting the energy with the same energy, which won't work for any of us. Sometimes when my husband gets home late at night, I'm tired, but there's some important things we may need to talk about. So I may bring up those important things, but just communicate. I'm really tired. I'm not able to really talk about this in depth. Can we talk about it in the morning? So just being mindful of what are my triggers? Where am I most vulnerable? When is it a good time and not a good time to deal with important topics or subjects or discussions? Because I know that showing up as my better and truer and higher self is always going to push relationships further. And in order to do that, I have to be mindful of how my mind and my body works. The third one I have here is being mindful of how I start and end my day. I do work night shift a few days a week, so it kind of throws me off. But for the most part, when I wake up, And I do some stretches in the morning, even if it's for 20, 30 seconds, right? While I'm stretching, I have my eyes closed. I'm thanking God for another day. I'm thanking God in advance for the blessing I'm going to be today to other people. You know, just different words of gratitude, just being grateful for a plethora of things, right? Moving my body a little bit, getting myself ready for the day. 
and just being mindful of how I want to show up that day, the day goes much better. I think because intention is half of the battle. When I end my day, same. I like to do maybe some yoga, move my body a little bit, get my body ready for sleep, thank my body for what it has done for me that day. I may do a few minutes of meditation. The Insight Timer is an app that I really love. You can use it any time of the day. But they have timers that you can use for um, meditation or quiet time or whatever, stretching. You can do um, yoga with the people on there. There's live classes. There's actually groups on there. It's a lot that I haven't discovered, but it's a very, very good app. They have like a daily quote. So just putting my mind in the right place and ending my day in the right space. I also like to be mindful of how I end the day with my loved ones. So physically hugging and touching and kissing if I can, right? Good night, love you. You know, just ending and starting their day on a positive note as well. And right along with movement, number four is getting some exercise in. Sometimes that could be 20 minutes of yoga, whereas I might even do that that with my little ones. They love cosmic yoga on YouTube. Um, Our family's doing yoga, I believe is another channel we watch. Just moving, getting things going and flowing, stretching. And when I find myself midday-ish, likely frustrated, tired, I may just stop what I'm doing and, and move my body. You know, even if it's five, 10 jumping jacks, I'm telling you, I might go throw some water on my face. That was a um, very good, along with some other tips that my conscious parenting coach gave me when you're frustrated, like just getting out of the space, going to wash your hands, put some water on your face, deep breathing, like just again, being in tune with my body. So I do believe that daily exercise is important, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, do a quick walk around the neighborhood, Uh, throw on the YouTube on TV. If it's too cold outside, do some stretches, do some yoga, whatever, just like moving my body makes me feel immediately better. Number five, knowing what your goals are. This goes back to what I was saying about intention being intentional, power showing up every day, but you kind of have to have an end result to even know what that is. So goals is a very big umbrella, if you will. Lots can go under goals. You could talk about your end goal, right? At 95, 105 on your deathbed, what would you have yourself say that you are grateful that you did? What are your most important goals? And that's your life goals, right? But then you break those down, break those down into five-year plans, one-year plans, 60-day plans, but you want to have some goals, some long-term and some short-term goals to make sure that how you're showing up every day is actually in line with the goals that you created for yourself. You want to make sure that the things you're doing on a day-to-day, even minute-to-minute basis is in alignment with the outcome that you want with yourself, your body, your family, your business, the world, You want to make sure that all those things are aligned and is it important to you? It's very surprising, but oftentimes people create these goals based off of everything but their internal selves. So just being sure that the goals that you are creating for yourself are actually your goals. 
that's how you sustain the ups and downs and meeting those goals because it's so important to you because it's goals that you find to be important to yourself. Number six goes along with helping you with those goals, prepping your day. This is really important for me. And when I started doing this, it was definitely a game changer. Instead of just waking up each day and and doing my thing, and not that I weren't doing, I wasn't doing important things, but I didn't really have big plans as in I didn't have a a plan for the day so I just did what came to me oh I need to do this I need to do that I forgot about this I forgot about that and before you know it the day is done and I'm like damn you know in seven days of that and then seven weeks of that you know seven months of that and you can look back and be like where am I headed what have I done you've done a lot but there was no specific plan so it's hard to keep tabs on all of that so I've done several different things. I don't think there is a right or wrong way. It's going to be which way works best for you, your lifestyle, your personality type. I've tried a lot of different things and I can share some here. I have woke up in the morning and wrote my list out of things that I wanted to get done. But I found that if I wrote that list, it was often very, very long. And of course, I never got done. I also found that it was hard to juggle what was most important. You know, if I have a list of 20 things, then I have not thought about which ones I want to get done first. So if I'm going top to bottom, bottom to top, oftentimes I may get some things done that could have waited, whereas there were more important things on the list. So with that, you can write a list of, okay, these are the top three things I'm going to get done today. And then maybe a parking lot item of these are the things I would like to get done. Or make your list and circle the top three or top four. In business, you can, there is a very popular way of doing it. Six things that you're going to get done in business every single day from least, from most important to least important. And you don't move on to the next thing until the first is done. There's lots of um, research out there that talks about how effective that is. And that could be incorporated into your personal life as well. So just creating a list and being mindful of what's important, how much time you have. So the lists are very important. I've also done time blocking, which I love as well. All of these I still kind of use in some kind of way. It just kind of depends on the day. It depends on the week. I don't have one set thing that I do every single day. Other than planning, I do plan my day. I do know what I'm doing when I get up. Time blocking is where, you know, you can time block for the entire day. You could time block four blocks of the day. So for instance, if I wake up at 6 a.m. and I know my family won't be woken till eight, then I have two hours of time blocking I can do. And I may time block by 15 minute increments where, you know, six to 6.15 prayer, 6.15 to 6.30 journaling, 6.30 to 6.45 checking emails. Like that is time blocking. And in order to get the most benefit from it, you follow it. So I set 15 minute timers or 30 minute timers, however you want to block yourself. And then you move on to the next thing. People have found that you get so much done when you do it that way, because when you don't have a timer, when you don't have, if you just wake up at six and know your kids are going to wake up at eight and you don't really have a plan for that time, that shit is going to fly by. You're going to be like, fuck, I only, only checked emails. And then I found myself on TikTok for 20 minutes. Right. So it's a good way to control what you're doing with the free time you have. Now from nine to 12, I may know that, you know, I'm dealing, I'm, I'm hanging with the kids and I know that 
they don't always follow a schedule. So I may not time block, right? And if my toddler goes to bed, takes a nap at 12, then I may time block from 12 to 2 because then I'll allow my five-year-old to watch TV. And that's my time, again, for the most part, right? So it is definitely going to depend on your availability and what your lifestyle is like. But even like if you just want to, if you know that you work a full day and you can't really time block there, you may time block your break. So if you get a 30-minute break, you may say, I'm going to do this for my 30 minutes and set your timers. You may time block your night when you get home. Or you may just time block your days off. But I really encourage everyone to try time blocking it is amazing you can time block on paper you can I've done it where I've had a notebook and just wrote down the times you can create a calendar google calendar I love to use I've used google calendar for my time blocking so just try different ways and I'll include some resources in the show notes of the different ways that you can time block so check them out the point being is you want to plan out your day right so you could even I've done this too. And I, I like this, I think more, more so than many of them is the night before kind of look over my day and make sure it's planned ahead. Whether I use time blocking and or a list, I have the time frame. So if I have a meeting, obviously I can't just do that anytime. So I know from 12 to two, there's a meeting. So some people prefer paper planning. Some like electronic. I like them both, but it's hard for me to keep up with the paper. And then it's hard for me to always look at my electronic too. So I kind of do a mixture trying to find my happy medium there. But regardless of which one you use, you want to know what you're doing. You want to wake up in the morning and already know this is what I'm doing today, or you're going to waste your day. That's inedible. So you write, you can write, you can, it can be very simple. It does not have to be hard. You can go in the notes app on your phone. You can, again, use Google Docs, any kind of calendar. Um, there's task uh, apps, Trello, boards, ClickUp, There are all kinds of resources to help you manage your time. Time management is most important. And to be very very accurate, though, it's more of activity management because we cannot manage time. So you know when you wake up the five things you're going to get done and you make sure you get those done. And the sense of accomplishment in that is beyond amazing. Seven, nutrition. This is a struggle for me. I have not had a healthy relationship with food and I'm moving towards that and it is a struggle. It's lots of me using my will and discipline and doing what I said that I was going to do well beyond that feeling still being there. So showing up each day and doing what I said in regards to my nutrition, planning out my meals so that I can reach my health and body goals has been difficult, but it is so important. And it's endless the amount of benefits. This may be the most important thing because what we put in our bodies dictates everything else. I noticed that when I have lots of bullshit, sugar, hella bad carbs, I feel awful the next day. That fucks up my entire next day of what I had planned. So nutrition is important for you showing up each day. Your energy level, how you feel in your body, your mental clarity, right? Like, you eat a bunch of bullshit the day before, you might be, oh, I'm tired and just not be as clear the day after. So making sure you're eating the right foods, the right foods for your body, vitamins, herbs, drinking your water, super, super important. Number eight, I put hobby. This can be the same as self-care, right? I think that self-care is doing for you what you like to do. That's going to be different for everybody. 
I like painting. I use paint by numbers because I am not a painter. That's my husband. But I got the numbers and I follow the colors and it's very relaxing for me. So I find time to do that. I love local coffee shops. So it's nothing for me to get up in the morning and go to a coffee shop for several hours, come back refreshed, ready to be present for my family. So finding something that you like to do, it doesn't even have to be something that gets you towards your goals. It could be totally disconnected from your goals. It can be totally disconnected from the goals that you have. It could have nothing to do with that. The only requirement is that it brings you a very good feeling. If that's taking a bath for two hours, if that's sitting out in nature for 20 minutes a day, it does not matter what serves you. It's, it's what is serving you. What do you love to do? find that. If you have nothing, I suggest five minutes a day writing a list of things that you used to like to do. So oftentimes we get disconnected from childhood, but it's very much still part of us. And just try it. If you used to love to color, get you some adult coloring books or even children coloring books, whatever, right? And do it for five minutes a day and see how you feel. See what it does for you. Just try many different things. It doesn't even matter. Find something that you like to do for yourself. Eight is going to be community. A year ago, I probably would have not said this. Um, I have struggled with building friendships, long lasting friendships and relationships and being just authentic for a lot of different reasons that I'm sure I'll, I'll explore in this podcast. But I'm finding that community is so important. Like we as human beings thrive off interaction with other human beings. Not every human being, not every person is my person. Not every person is going to be your person. But there's so many people in this world that you have people, you have a community of women that may not be just like you, but have similar goals, have similar struggles. So having a community of moms that can feel you can really understand when you talk about even little the little mundane things like For me, it's bedtime may not actually be bedtime. Like we lay our little ones down and we're not really sure they're going to stay asleep. So that first hour is kind of like, uh, should we make plans? Should we not? Should we hang out? Should we not? Should we have sex? Should we not? Like, you know, like we got to make sure they're like literally sleep or else 15 minutes later, daddy, mommy, I'm hungry. I'm, you know, and it's like just embracing where we are right now because we know that it will not last. But the point being is like having a community of women that can understand that like, yes, I remember that. Or yes, I'm going through that now. Or hey, this is what's working for me. People that, you know, they just get you. Um, And that doesn't have to be 50 million people. You know, that could just be one person if that's, that's your thing. Like, but you need someone that you can talk to if for no other reason than to talk. And I think also it's important to make sure you have the right community. Many of us have friends, used to have friends, and hopefully are moving away from having friends that do not serve us. A community of women, of moms that just always has been there, but you know is not really your lighthouse anymore. That's totally fine. We're supposed to grow. Mel Robbins actually posted a... um podcast about this that was amazing on adult relationships I'm totally going to leave that in the show notes because it helps you understand the importance of friendships but the importance of the right friendships and the importance of understanding the silly expectations that we put on friendships 
and the inability to be honest of, is this serving me? Am I serving them? Because it's just a world of women out there that would love to lift you up in the ways that you need it and vice versa. So community, so very important. And last but not least, alone time. Alone time is so important for anybody, but I feel especially important for moms because we have to show up for ourselves. We have to show up and always show up for our children. If you're working, that, your spouse, like as a mom, we're just pulled so many different ways. So I think alone time is one of the most important and often the most difficult thing to obtain or do. The reason why alone time is very important is because I think that it actually helps you to gain a mental clarity that we're talking about here. It helps you to get in tune with your body. Everything else on this list, I feel like alone time is going to help you to reach that or do that more authentically. Because the more you're alone, you can connect with self, disconnect from everything else. And so as you sh- what you show up or, or the way you show up is more in line with who you really are. And alone time here, you might think, oh, I'm by myself and I'm reading a book or I'm scrolling online, doing my own thing. You know, we like to disconnect right from the world and kind of scroll on TikTok or whatever. And that's okay. But this is not the alone time that I'm talking about. I'm talking about for real alone time that many of you, myself included, don't do very often, if at all, where you are totally disconnected. And some people disconnect from social media, disconnect from electronics, and they may journal, they may read a book. That's cool. But what about the alone time where you like literally do nothing? So I have a thing, a think trip that I'm planning. Um, I cannot wait to share my experience with you guys. There are um, several different meditation um, resorts that do this as well in a different kind of way. For me, my think trips are going to be annual. And this first one's going to be three nights where I don't have my phone I will turn my phone on and check in with my husband each night. But other than that, phone is off. I'm not journaling. I'm not reading. I'm doing nothing. Nothing. Now I've thought about, and I'll see how it goes with this first time. Well, what's the matter with journaling? But I really want to disconnect in a way that I only hear God. I only hear my higher self talking to me. The only thing I'm kind of apprehensive about is, man, what if I'm hearing something, then I forget what was said later. So I kind of want to write about it, right? So I have to make a decision about that. But the point being is I'm disconnecting for days from the world. And I think this is really important. And it doesn't even have to be days. Obviously, many of us, most of us can't just do this, go and just leave and disconnect for three nights. But what if we found the time an hour a week to do nothing, just sit and hopefully not fall asleep. (laughs) But literally like for real disconnect y'all, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It could be 20 minutes a day where you're doing nothing. But this alone time I think is most important. And I think it's actually, like I said, going to be the basis of everything else. There's so much clarity in being alone. There's so much that our body already internally knows. But oftentimes we're unable to hear it and we never will hear it because we're so connected to something, so everything else, whether it be relationships, people, music, sight, sound, whatever, our books, our journals, our phones. Like if we could set aside a few minutes of day, a day of doing nothing, which some will call meditation, right? I think that we will have the most clarity that way because we're disconnected from everything else. So we must only hear from ourselves. 
God, right? So those are my 10 suggestions on how to obtain mental clarity. These are ongoing things. These are things that I'm working on and this list may evolve over time. I'd be happy to hear what you guys suggest or what you're doing to obtain mental clarity, how you're keeping that at the forefront of your mind every day. And until next week, be blessed. I love y'all. Take care. That wraps up this week. I hope you found value. Please share with a mom, friend, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps this podcast to get into the minds of those who need it most. I would love to hear what you think about the episode. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Who Achieve. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. Take care.